0: Content is such a critical part of any organization, especially in today's world where we are all inundated with information. Cutting through the noise and getting the right messaging to the right personas at the right time is so important. Today's podcast is sponsored by Outreach.io. Outreach is the first and only engagement and intelligence platform built by revenue innovators for revenue innovators. Outreach allows you to commit to accurate sales forecasting, replace manual processes with real-time guidance, and unlock actionable customer intelligence that guides you and your team to win more often. Traditional tools don't work in a hybrid sales world, Find out why Outreach is the right solution at click.outreach.io. In this episode of the Revenue Engine Podcast, Rishabh Bhandari, the CEO and founder at Content Beta, shares how to leverage content to not only engage prospects at the top of the funnel, but how to drive engagement at every stage of the funnel, especially after a prospect becomes a customer. So please take a listen and learn how to approach content to help optimize and power revenue growth, retention, and an overall better customer experience. So excited to be here today with Rich Bandari, the CEO and co-founder of Content Beta. Content Beta is a content studio for product marketing and customer success content at B2B SaaS companies. So welcome and thank you so much for joining me. I'm super excited to share your story and just learn from you.
1: Thanks for having me, Rosalind.
0: Awesome. Well, let's start by talking a little bit about your journey before Content Beta. I mean, you've held a number of different roles. You've even co-founded another company called Yoda Learning Solutions prior to Content Beta. So maybe can you share a little bit about your backstory and your career journey
1: sure so i used to i started my career with a, a financial analyst with a venture capital fund and we looked at a lot of educational opportunities um, and we really love this online school kind of opportunity. so i put that this was back in 2012, 2013, and I started two YouTube channels and an online school. We were able to scale that YouTube channel to 300,000 subscribers, and we wow. built like a passive income stream using online school. We used to teach software tools, like kind of how to do, how to create a chart in Excel, or how to create the McKinsey kind of a slide on a presentation deck, or how to create a dashboard using Tableau. Things which are more analytical and visualization driven. And during that we had COVID, right? And during COVID, a lot of people mm. stopped investing in this non-essential education and uh, we got st- We got stuck. But on the flip side, we we basically learned how to create content because the way YouTube algorithm works is only when the retention of the your video is higher, your video is ranked higher in their search algorithm. So we kind of figured out that hey, if we can ask, if we if somebody begins watching our video, we can most likely make him complete watching that video. And why don't we use the same skill set to help other small and medium software businesses and not just the enterprise software market? And that's how Content Media was formed. This was way back in 2020. We started reaching out to a lot of software companies and told them, hey, we can help you create how-to content for your product. Or, and you don't need to teach us, we do it ourselves. And people said, "Surely, why don't you give it it a try? And slowly, steadily, we got to customers after customers. Today, we work with close to 88 software companies because of the nature of the industry. Most of our customers are in the U.S. We help them create content for both product marketing and customer contributions.
0: Got it. Yeah, it's interesting how COVID kind of definitely changed the landscape for a lot of things, right? In terms of kind of where the focus is and the needs are, and then a much higher demand in certain areas as we're all sitting at home watching, you know, watching our computer all day and staring at the screen. You know, I think about content, you know, I think about, it's just such a critical part, right, of the organization. And I think in today's world where we're just inundated with information, you know, at, you know, on our phone, on our laptop, you know, when we go out everywhere, and it's just it's so important to try to cut through the noise and then, you know, get the right messaging to the right persona. So when it comes to content, you know, how do you think organizations should be thinking about and approaching content from a product marketing perspective?
1: I think from whatever I see in the industry, most of the uh, companies they focus on harping about the product, right? Like, Hey, I have this 20 features, which will solve this problem or, hey my product is great we are AI enabled blah 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 I think what uh, what most companies and and they are mostly top of the funnel, right they want they want to explain their product or make sure that the user signs up right I think the the, the big problem is uh, they don't focus on middle and bottom of the funnel and I think where there's a dear real uh, scarcity of creating content the way the way we look at content is uh, see like a marketing funnel like right? very similar to how we do, for creating blogs in for SEO way back in, way back ten years or more, twenty years. Ago. So think about content like a marketing funnel and say hey, what do I need to do to attract people in At the top of the funnel? I may want to talk about the problems which they are which my target audience is suffering with. I may want to talk about alternatives of the solution which they should have tried or something they don't need to spend a lot of money. More in the middle and the bottom of the funnel, hey, I might want to talk about more about my product because now the audience is more problem aware and solution aware. And that's where I may want to talk about, hey, this is, if you have this problem, this feature could this solve this problem. Or if you have problem B, my product's feature B could solve this problem. And I think that's where a lot of product demo videos and customer videos too, right? I mean, instead of me saying that, hey, look at my amazing product with these features and with these benefits, I might want to make my customer talk about the same thing, right? I mean, it, it, it it sounds more relatable, it sounds more genuine and doesn't sound biased. So that's the kind of content which I would do more at the bottom of the funnel where my outcome is more hey, is the is, is their audience converting after consuming my content? And the third type of content where where very little energy is spent today is on educating your customers, right? So let's say you're running a product and your customer has signed signed up, you the marketing team has won the battle to get the customer. Into your system, but now how do you make sure this guy sticks around longer? This guy knows how to use your product really well, and and to be honest, sometimes it's not just about the product. Right? So if I'm an e- if I'm an email marketing software, sure I might want to teach them that hey, how do you run this software to make sure make sure your campaigns are doing good? But I might also want to create content to make sure that he be- that person that my customer becomes a better email marketer even outside my product. So I think these are the three letters of content. When we think about how should they be organized, or where you should put your energy.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, helping them not just use the solution, but just be a better, being a better marketer in general. I think there's a lot of teaching that goes on and that builds up that relationship and obviously it helps with retention and such. You know, I think about, you know, you touched on this a little bit because aside from trying to reach prospective buyers, there's just a whole nother world of content for customers, right? As you mentioned, and I know your company has a huge focus on customer success content. So when it comes to this type of content for existing customers, you know, how should organizations be thinking about this? I think
1: the most, popular way is creating help docs right so creating like knowledge Mm -hmm. base of how to use this feature of this platform or how to solve this problem with this software and that's a good way to create a help center which is well organized right so i mean Mm -hmm. suppose your support is not on and somebody still asks the question you could just point out to the right article basis on what keywords they've used in their question another way which i see evolving i mean see all as human beings, we are lazy, right? We want to do stuff which are fast and easy and where we could get <laughs> quick wins. Yeah. And and sometimes the help center, I think sometimes it becomes tedious, right? Because your product is exhaustive and you want to write and write and write. And as a, as a reader or as a user of that software, I may or may not want to read so much stuff. I think what is getting popular is creating videos around the same thing. So these are not like long-form videos, very short-form videos. And one classic mistake to do is just show them, hey, you click here and click there and that's how we're done. What one should focus on, like how I said in the previous question, focus on how to make that person a better professional, right? So if I'm teaching how to create a campaign in your in your email marketing software, I might want to talk about, hey, by the way, if you want to get your open rates higher, you might want to use the first name in the subject line. Those are the tips and tricks which you may want to help your user to pick it up so that he becomes a better software email marketer and continue using your product another thing which i see companies could do is humanize the connection right very simply how loom really does right it captures your face in a circle in the bottom and you could teach teach your product on the screen i think that really helps because in 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 this age of content i think just look staring at a screen or a, a piece of software sometimes it gets less engaging and if you put a human being, of course, that person has to be camera friendly, or <laughs> has to has to have a needs to have, be more conversational. But I think that is also one of an important part.
0: I love that. I love that. You know, I guess along the same lines, I mean, you have a chance to work with so many different organizations. So you probably see a lot of different types of media. What are you seeing organizations really doing right and maybe doing wrong when it comes to media? You know, whether it's videos or podcasts or other types of media.
1: I think organizations do really well in terms of creating the top of the funnel content. I mean, look everywhere, Drift, HubSpot. I mean, yeah. they're really good at generating demand and making sure the customer knows about the brand. I think where where I see they could improve is more on the uh, middle and I mean, slightly lower between middle and bottom of the funnel because mm-hmm. that's where once you've gotten the interest, you've got to convert this interest, a sign-up, a user, or even ask them make, make them ask you questions, right? I think that's the kind of content where most of the people Missed today in my view the other part, other type of content i think one way which organizations do doing wrong is they create a piece of content and leave it leave it as is right so let's say we have done like a one-hour webinar or a 30-minute podcast with a thought leader or you could have done an internal session uh, and these are like say 45 or 50 minutes they just post on youtube and they think that's that's done i think repurposing the same piece of content has a lot of value and and to be honest if you have a really long form of content like you have like 45 minute video nobody
0: nobody
1: wants to watch a recording of a video unless it's too good but it's very rare for somebody to sign to at least begin watching that video knowing that it's a 45 minute video why don't you uh, pick up that same video chop 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 make like small social media consumable piece of content so you can create fresh fresh pieces of content without investing in content creation all over again Let's take webinar. You could create ebook out of it. You could create those micro-videos for social social media. You could create code graphics. You could even chop it down into lessons and maybe create a course with Mm -hmm. some assessment. So I think repurposing is one more area which I think uh, organizations could improve so that they could improve their brand's reach without creating new piece of content.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really good advice. I love that. Thank you. What about some advice for, you know, revenue leaders on how to start how to get started leveraging videos, you know, to start using video to close business faster, and then as you've been touching on, sort of to retain existing customers.
1: I think it also depends upon how much budget you have, but let me start with, with uh, companies who don't want to spend a lot of money. I think pick up some, pe- somebody, some people in your team who are conversational over camera, who are friendly with it and start creating top of the funnel content. It could be your marketer, it could be your founder, and believe me, by the way, founder branding is also one of the key aspects which I think is really helping at least software product companies. And start creating content, write down a script, and start recording yourself with a decent presentation on your screen and your face on the corner. I think that's a really good start. If your content is good, people don't really care about how animated it is, right? If you have good subsets. Another thing which I would ask people to focus on is at least have watchable quality, right? I mean, sure, all laptops have good web cameras or we all have microphones, but I would, I would, I mean, in this world of, of content overdose, it's very easy to ignore content which doesn't have decent quality, right? I mean, we ourselves know how many videos are being uploaded on YouTube at every second. I think if your content doesn't qualify for okay sound and okay visual I and mean, when i say okay visual it's at least then you lose that interest and i don't want uh, that to happen because of bad infrastructure so i would say invest in infrastructure for at least creating good content and secondly focus on focus on distribution first i mean think distribution first don't think this is what we could create don't think that very similar to how we create seo strategy Try researching what your customers are talking about. Ask them what kind of content they want to see. Look at the search volume of keywords on YouTube and go demand-driven content creation. Don't try to create content where you think, hey, I'm comfortable with this topic and I want to talk about I think these are the three areas which I would think that these are easy steps. You don't need a lot of investment and you could start creating decent quality of content.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that. That's really great advice. So with, I guess, all this digital transformation, and now we have access, as you mentioned, the media all around us, you know, all the time. I mean, I can't, I just imagine we'll continue to see videos, right, and virtual engagement grow. And maybe from your perspective, you know, where do you see the market headed? Do you have any predictions for sort of what's next in this area?
1: I think two things. One is I see the attention span of people, audience, including me and me. <laughs> probably I mean, a lot of people. It's going on decreasing, right? I mean, yeah. initially, uh, I was okay to watch a 10-minute video, and now I say, if somebody can explain me in two minutes, why do I don't want to watch 10 minutes? And I think with the advent of uh, TikToks and YouTube shots and Instagram, the attention span has gone further because now it's easy to change. Yeah. Uh, and I think the future is short-form content, right? It may not be just videos, but could be even, like you would see LinkedIn posts, which are swipe files where you could just do just like swipe right, and you can see different slides. I think I think micro content or short form content is the future. And the faster we switch there, the faster the audience. Is going to. The second part, I think, I think it's the content is becoming more personal branding driven, right? So if so, initially people used to create content with lots of animations and jazz and. Creating characters. I'm speaking more on the B two B point of view. I think these days the content has to be more person driven. Right? It's okay to see less of animation. It's okay to see slight reduction in quality in terms of the visual look and feel, but it has to be person driven because that builds a lot of trust. And I think that that goes long way. what, what we have experienced when, when we create those personal, person-driven videos, like mostly founder videos, they have seen improvement in conversions and attracting leads, right? It's not just SDR team pushes for more, but they're also able to attract more. And it's also helping, helping, helpful for hiring, right? You don't need to convince your potential candidate that, hey, we are good. I think these two areas, I see content, the, the future of where the content lies.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how our attention span is getting shorter and shorter. And I actually have, actually my daughter watches TikTok videos and I actually struggle with it because I think it's too fast. You know, things are moving too quickly. <laughs> I'm still a little more old school where those kind of really short clips are too short for me. So, well, very, very good advice.
1: One thing which I'd like to add is tell a story, right? I mean, yeah. I think that there's a reason why we keep on watching Netflix shows or movies. I think if you tell stories, and this is more relevant for me to be because most of the B2B content is considered to be boring, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, you look at the ads on LinkedIn, hey, download this ebook, or, hey, come on, click here and join this 50-minute webinar. <laughs> it's boring. It's not interesting. I mean, if you think of it as, like, if you think like B2C market, I think B2C marketers do a fantastic job at grabbing the eyeballs. And I think they are far, far, far ahead in terms of driving engagement with their marketing content. And I think one of the key element is if you can tell a good story, your audience will feel more engaged and they'll be emotionally invested in your content. You may not convert it today, convert that audience in your customer today, but probably
0: Tomorrow. Got it. Yep. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. So, you know, as I think about the revenue engine and this podcast, I'm always hoping that others will be able to learn how to, you know, accelerate revenue growth, right? And really power the revenue engine. You know, from your perspective, you know, what are the top maybe two or three things that you think all revenue leaders should really be thinking about today, right? To have the biggest impact on driving and accelerating revenue?
1: Well, I learned this lesson in a tougher way. Pushy sales never worked, right? So I think the number one job as a um, sales guy or somebody who's driving revenues is, of course, you have targets, you have quotas to meet, but uh, don't look like a sales guy. There is a natural um, zone of resistance, which non-sales people have, which is the entire world has, okay. towards salesmen. I mean, if you meet like a sales guy on the on your street, you would want to repel that person right? because you think that that person might end <laughs> up selling me something. So I think the, the this is one thing which I learned that, hey, try to avoid stuff which creates like resistance zone with my target audience right so i may not want to ask that hey i just want to follow from my last call what do you think about the project we discussed I, I might want to put the ball in his court hey how would you like to proceed or make him feel that he's that your, your customer or your prospect is more powerful so that's that's number one thing which i which i learned that he don't don't look like a sales guy don't look like a uh, don't be so pushy at sales and the second thing which I which I learned is email outreach works, and uh, if 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 you do it well, so if you research a lot about, sure there are tons of tools to automate your sending, the uh, are sending emails, but I think if you research your audience well and personalize the email copy, it may not be so scalable like sending like bulk messaging, but I think if you invest that time, the audience okay. really appreciates, right? If if you get an email which you think could be copy pasted from somebody else's somebody a different company with, with the same thing if the audience if your prospect figures out that there's again a zone of resistance so i think if you make him feel his passion and create a copy which is unique to think that's what i mean you got to personalize your content for your audience you can't have like one pill for all all uh, yeah. types of audience yep.
0: that's great advice and definitely. When you receive those emails, you can tell right away as a prospect if those were just a template, right? A template that was created for everybody. I like that. So maybe looking back, I mean, at your career, you know, are there things that you wish you knew earlier, or maybe you would do differently if you could go back and do it all over again?
1: I think I didn't know enough about how to create software yeah. products, right? I mean, I just, I mean, I'm learning on the way. But I think if I, if a lot of stuff which I do, we could either templatize them or create product out of it and I think, I think I would go more towards product way because that seems to be more scalable as opposed to uh, like product service so that's one thing which I would do differently and secondly I would have focused on personal branding I mean way back when when I started the YouTube channel I mean I mean the one thing which I've learned is just be consistent in in creating content even as an individual I mean you you may, may not be founder you could be just be a professional But even when I was studying or I was working with the VC fund, if I could have created personal content consistently, good quality, but consistently, I think I would have done different things. So so, so these are my two pieces of advice to myself.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today. But as we wrap up and before I let you go, I always ask all of my guests two things. One, you know, what is the one thing about you that others would be surprised to learn? And two, what is the one thing that you really want everyone to know about you?
1: So I think both, I, I, I'll make it non-volved. So I could play, I could play 22 what? musical instruments.
0: <laughs> um, you can see my face. I know we're only doing uh, audio, but my face just dropped like in shock. 22? I didn't even know there's that many instruments. <laughs> yeah.
1: and And because I'm not, I have not formally um, studied music. So I don't know how to read notes and all. The way I wow. learn is just by listening. So yeah, so that's one thing which I don't don't know. I don't know how to read music notes. So I mean, I don't want people to know because it's <laughs> not believable. Um, but oh, I could play awesome. a lot of it.
0: That's great. I love that. Is that the same thing that you want everyone to know about you? Yep
1: yeah yeah so know, uh, know about me and not know about perfect. me know
0: perfect perfect i love that we have to do you do you ever record like do you ever share your music on your youtube channel
1: i haven't done that yet but 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 food for thought
0: yeah yeah that would probably that, that may go viral for <laughs> that'll probably go viral for sure well great well thank you so much for joining me i really appreciate your time and i'm so happy that we were able to do this together
1: Sure, sure i think uh, thank you so much for taking your time too.
0: thank you